Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty. And luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey everyone, welcome into the Dublin Denver podcast on the Mile High Report podcast network. We are entering week 11 of the NFL season. Delighted to be uh, putting audio into your ears on the Mile High Report podcast network with myself, Michael McQuid, Colin Cronin and Stuart Roach. Uh, lads, always great chatting to you boys. It seems like uh, a lifetime ago we were having the crack in London looking for a taxi at Gatwick Airport uh, and we didn't go, but sure, Colin, uh, What's the crack, guy? How are you getting on? Three and six Broncos, baby. That's right. Three and six Broncos, and I will be flying uh, four and a half thousand odd miles and spending uh, untold amounts of money to watch my beloved uh, Broncos take on the uh, what? What are the the few teams who um, have a worse record than us, the absolute train wreck that is the Las Vegas Raiders. I will be there in person and looking like, you know, you know, that cartoon, the meme on the Internet of the, the sickos looking in the, the window um, that I feel will be me this weekend. Dear God, dear God. Stuart, um, how, how is the form? How are you doing? Well. I am doing tremendously well, Michael, um, in all aspects of life, bar the um, Sunday evening entertainment that I like to try to. 
I don't even think entertainment is the word I would use anymore. It's pure pain. Colm is spending a huge amount of money and flying thousands and thousands of miles basically to um, to watch what Eamon Dunphy once described as two drunks outside a pub. On, or two, Pure, was it? football. <laughs> <laughs> two drunks, two drunks throwing, throwing digs at each other outside. That's what the equivalent of. So th- I am not flying all the way over to see that. Um, I mean, look, uh, you know, we'll we'll come to it. I imagine uh, soon enough. But I, I think, like a lot of us, I think the season is well and truly tanked now at this stage. However, if we were to lose to a truly abysmal Raiders team, then you know, you, you'd have to say that you, you were in the end game in regards to that because apart from the Panthers end, we've got a brutal schedule coming up. Um, it is the Raiders. You never want to lose to them. You know, even if it was a game of chess, you'd still want to beat them if they had that wretched pirate on their uh, helmet. But um, yeah, just uh, still kind of still kind of coming to terms. I mean, not only was it another Broncos loss with a dreadful performance by the offense, it was also one of the worst games of, um, of American football I think I've ever seen um, because it's not like the Titans or anything approaching uh, exciting. Uh, they're effective and they're efficient and they're they're brutal in, in the positive sense of what they do, but that was a god especially the second half was one of the worst half hours of football I think I've ever seen. So, yeah, but apart from that, great, Michael. Thanks. Yeah, cool. All good. I'll, I'll keep it upbeat for a wee second before we talk about the Titans game. Colin, I think we, it's it's pretty well known. The next game, the Broncos will play overseas. It's going to be in, in in Mexico in a few years' time. might actually be next year because it's the AFC's turn. Uh, actually, the Mexico game is this weekend with the, the game in the Azteca between the 49ers and the Arizona Cardinals. That was actually the first game that ever took place in Mexico. I mean, incredible, incredible stats and stuff like that there. Um, I guess my question is, after coming back from Munich at the weekend, um, the next time we come over, would you like to see us in Germany or London? I got to pick Germany, baby. That's good. I I think, Michael, the next time the Broncos come this side of the Atlantic, there will be games happening in Madrid, in Paris, potentially in Dublin. Mm-hmm. Uh, could the uh, Dublin to Denver podcast be, get flipped and the Denver Broncos come to Dublin? I think there could be the, that possibility because, as you say, the Broncos' next international game will be, I believe, a home game in Mexico. So if they won't give a home game up again for the best part of a decade. Now, they could come as the away team, but the next time they give up a home game, probably you imagine the balance would mean that they might come back this side of um, of the Atlantic. That could that'll be interesting, but it is undoubted that this game is growing worldwide. The interest levels are there, and I think you will continue to see it grow and grow and grow. And on that side of the the world where our friends in Denver, I think Rio is um, an undoubted venue um, that we'll see NFL football in the not-too-distant future. The Denver to Dublin podcast has got a good ring to us, Stuart. Uh, Do you want to lead us off and sing in Country Roads? or? Uh, No, it's far too early for that, Michael, and I haven't had the sort of liquid refreshments that... uh, that I require to, before I inflict my wretched singing voice on uh, on, on on YouTube or indeed anyone who listens in. No, I think it's we, we're nowhere near that stage. Start off with this game. I'll sing it when we win two games in a row. How about that? 
So that's oh, Tell you what, I, I'm going to hold you to that. Uh, <laughs> Stuart, there, there's Stuart playing a get out of jail free card because he knows that's unlikely to happen for quite oh, some no. time. Oh yeah, no, definitely, definitely. The circle of life. It's funny, Colin, because like you know, we we come out of London with that hope and that that optimism and and the expectation of well, we've got that chance to go into the second half of the season and and really give it a go and see what we can do as a team. And then we, uh, and then we go to Tennessee. There's no score. <laughs> a scoreless first quarter. Broncos actually going at the half in the lead, and yet just um, I mean, how do you describe the offensive performance? against the Titans. Lead rusher, 20-odd yards from Latavius Murray. Melvin Gordon should get the same as well, but just just piss poor, sir. Piss, piss poor. There is no other way in describing this. Let's be fair. Really, really poor. We should have beat that Titans team on Sunday. We couldn't. Nowhere near it. Well, I would say the other ways are no good, terrible, awful, horrible, horrific, abysmal um i mean the the offense what are things you'd rather sandpaper your retinas right that certainly i would than watch the denver broncos play offense um it is i mean the 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 issue is (laughs) the issue is what is the issue right because certainly the the various bits and pieces you see coming out the stats would suggest that you know, while there are issues with the O-line, obviously, um, it's not only on, on the O-line. Um, so, and I know that this was on my live report um, this this week. Do the Broncos have a, a, a Russell Wilson problem? Do, does George Payton have a Russell Wilson problem? And that is going to be the question kind of going forward. We talked about it the last time on the podcast. I I was saying when we kind of looked at the second half of the season, I said, it's all about trying to get Russ right and trying to lean into what he does well. My goodness, that did not happen Um, last week. Can it happen against the Raiders? I mean, Hackett talks about, oh, the issue is third down. No, the issue is the fact that you're third and 10 at best. Half the time you're third and 16. That's the issue um, with that. I mean, injuries are a factor. And I know um, that our colleague at My Life Report, Joe Mahoney, has done, has kind of delved into the Broncos' injury issues. And yes, the Broncos have, uh, if you were to look at it over the the course of uh, the last few years, the Broncos have suffered more injuries, um, not not generally not the worst in the league, but consistently over the last few years. That is a theme. We saw Shelby Harris talk about it a number of years ago, um, and it, it has continued. So there are any number of issues. The one saving grace um, going up against the Raiders this weekend is just how good the defense ha- has been, despite being down, what, the top three pass rushers, and I include, obviously, the trade Chubb in that. The defense and um, the secondary held up reasonably well, and that I suppose is what we are clinging to. Stuart, um, it's it's incredible because the Broncos currently rank last in scoring and first in points allowed. That is an absolute disgrace. There, there is no other way of putting that. Like you know, it's one thing being that statistic for one week or something. It's week 11 of the season, and this is the current situation. It's embarrassing, isn't it? 
it's desperate, Michael. And I think, you know, I, I said it last week on the on the podcast. This is a tremendous defense that's being wasted um, by this garbage offense. And I think, you know, Colin was talking there about the injuries and the injuries having a factor. I also am of the opinion that, that no team is that unlucky for that long. Um, so you'd have to kind of try and find the root of the problem. Um, you know, that's probably a chat for another day. But, you know, let's be honest, the offense was absolutely dreadful before the injuries. Like people were talking about, oh, they're down to the third string tackle and, you know, backup guards and stuff like that. Well, yeah, but the offense was horrible when we had our or our first choice offensive line out there. So, um, you know, one of the things that I had a quick look around earlier on today, like the Broncos offense is averaging 14.6 points per game. Um, that's the fewest since 1966. That uh, was the year where the Super Bowl took place and it wasn't even called the Super Bowl. That's how long ago this is dating back. This is the worst it's been since 1966. And the early starts of the Broncos franchise were... You know, these were these were years that were reflected by their god awful yeah, yellow and brown uniforms. Um, that's how bad it's been, Michael. Like this is, you know, the, this is also, you know, we're at the point where the people were looking back and they were saying that this is the worst stretch of games um, in regards to points in Russell Wilson's career, including the time he was a rookie. Um, you know, this like we're we're in a, at the moment we are trending in the direction of being historically bad on offense um and i think it's exacerbated by the fact that we are looking historically good on defense um like there was a couple of other stats jeff legwald wrote a really interesting article today um just about how bad this offense is um we have scored one more touchdown than nick chubb on his own the offense has scored one more touchdown than nick chubb um Another thing as well was I think if the Broncos had the Carolina Panthers offense, which is 23rd in scoring, averaging 20.4 points, we would be seven or two or eight and one, depending on what way things went. Like you were at the stage where you're kind of going, if only we had the Carolina Panthers offense with the benched Baker Mayfield and PJ Walker from the XFL. That's how bad it's been. We're looking at those as shining examples of, of, of offensive football. I, I, I genuinely, for the life of me, Michael, I, I, I cannot understand it. Like, I think Jeff Legwald wrote some interesting stuff as well about um, we're using Russell Wilson in formations and sets that make no sense. Like, Wilson's been sacked 30 times. 23 of those sacks have come when we're running three wide receiver sets at a, at a shotgun. 23 of those sacks at a 30. The only, I think he's had two 300-yard games. I might be wrong. It might be more, but um, I think two out of three perhaps have come when he's predominantly been under center. But these seems to be things that, you know, we, we don't seem to act upon. Like Hackett was talking during the week about wanting him to be in um, formations and sets that he's comfortable in. Well, you know, he predominantly ran shotgun three wide. And bear in mind, Michael, we were running three wide sets for most of the game against the Tennessee Titans after we lost Jerry Judy. Um, you know, we've lost Tim Patrick. KJ Hamler struggled with injury, and yet we seem hell-bent on running uh, these formations that are not working. Wilson is scrambling for his life all season, and this is only going to get worse now as the injuries on the offensive line mount up. Um, I, th- I, I don't know... 
at this stage, Michael, I, I think, and you know, I know we, we kind of looked at the, the rest of the season last week. I struggle to see how we can win more than six games this season. I really do. I really do. I think we're looking at six and 11, or we might by some miracle finish seven and 10. Um, and when you consider that the, the, the talent that was available, um, when you consider the, 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 the fact that Russell Wilson has fallen off a cliff since he's arrived in Denver. I mean, I know Colin mentioned earlier on that statistically he wasn't, particularly in the latter part of uh, the season last year, he, he had shown signs of some decline, but not to this extent. Um, and I think you have to then start to point the finger, unfortunately, at Hackett. You do. I mean, I think the situation is, uh, and it's not like for like, and I know Carl Mecklenburg had a pretty interesting conversation on, I think it was Instagram or Twitter earlier on, where he's you know, saying comparing Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke's offense to to um, to Russell Wilson's, is it, it's not as straightforward as that. But Pat Shermer and Teddy Bridgewater averaged more points in this offense last year. Teddy Bridgewater and Pat Shermer, who we gave pelters to deservedly all season. I thought Teddy Bridgewater's offense was one of the most boring we were ever going to see. Well, I was wrong. This offense is horrendous. I mean, when we we went in, what was it, 10-7 at the half? Um at any st- when they got when they were, when they got ahead at any stage, did you feel that we were going to get it back? No, it's awful, awful. And the f- the false starts and again, you're going. Oh well, you know there was there was so many backup players in the offensive line. We were leading the league in false starts when all the offensive linemen were there. Like this stuff is it's it's abysmal. It's absolutely abysmal. Um, and you know, hopefully, and especially as Colin was going all the way over, and especially as it's the Raiders, hopefully we will be able to do something this week. Uh, but even if we do, there's no guarantee that it's going to last for any longer than a game or two. Um, so sorry, Michael, I'm going off on a bit of a, I'm going off on one here a little bit, but I, 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 I begin to think heads need to start to roll. I really do because the season is in danger of falling off a cliff, and we don't even have. We don't even have a high draft pick to look for. Like the Seahawks are now at the stage where they're going, do we pay Geno Smith or not? After he's had, I know he failed at the weekend in, in the game against the Bucks, but, you know, Geno's doing well. But they're like, oh, yeah, but we're probably going to have a top five pick. And this is a bumper crop of quarterbacks. Oh, if you're looking for a quarterback, this is the year to go and find one. So, yeah, I, I, I just am flabbergasted how bad it is. And if anything... It's getting worse. It's not getting better. It's getting worse. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We don't usually do a video podcast, but I think after that, I might have to do something around that. And I think you took my next two points. So I'm going to try and sort of go back a bit here. Colm, obviously, 
we can talk about excuses or, or, or different points. You know, obviously with Tim Patrick going out for the year, that's one thing, but you've obviously got like KJ, who's, well, Jerry Judy, all these different things. Our offensive line has been completely decimated and Russell Wilson's been running around like a headless chicken. At the end of the day, it falls on the head coach to do something, to try and work it out, to work an offense and work a team around the quarterback, around the offensive line, to give them confidence to get the ball down the field. Ten weeks into the season, he has failed to do that. I watched his presser this week before the game and also after the game. And frankly, I don't think he has an iota of a clue what he's at. And you know when it's getting to the point when the media in Denver are questioning him in certain ways and speaking to him in certain ways and the way in which he is reacting to them, it's getting to the stage now where I feel that we're beyond the point of enough is enough. But I also feel as if those higher up, and I'm not calling anybody out, I just, I'm just, it's very frustrating. It just seems as if the people are happy to sort of, you know, stick to the status quo for the rest of the year because they're, what, three games behind in the top of the division? Four? Could be three come Sunday if the Chargers win and the Broncos win. I just think it's it's really pathetic on a, on a, on a number of different points that some people in the organization seem to have written the season off while actually trying, when they've got Russell Wilson there, try and do something. I guess we'll go into this next topic, Colin, was Nathaniel Hackett, Josh McDaniels. Surely this is it for one of them this, this weekend, if they lose. Surely? No. Because the Raiders, A, can't afford to get rid of Josh McDaniels. That's the biggest stumbling block to them. They, they can't find they, a way. They can't. They can't afford to do it. They're cash poor. This is, I mean, we're, we're kind of entering a, a new era in the NFL where you got, you're going to have, and it's been obvious over the last few years, the importance of having a, a super rich owner, the ability to turn um, different aspects of the cap into cash, et cetera, et cetera. The Raiders don't have that. And um, they also moved to a new stadium. Things haven't gone well. They've cut five of their last six first round picks. Um, so things are bad in uh, Broncos country. Um, things are just infinitely worse, I feel, for, for the Raiders. Uh, but Nathaniel, like, if Nathaniel Hackett, um, I suppose the, the, the debate this week has been, um, you know, you obviously move up Evero in terms of what, what he does. And but the one part of this team that's working well is the defense. If you move Evero up, what well, what happens there? And if you move on from Hackett, who else gets cleared out? Now, I would point out that Jeff Saturday, a man who had never coached above high school level looked far more prepared. Don't get me wrong. There were certain things he did. Going for the two points was kind of bizarre repeatedly. But his team looked far more prepared than the Broncos did against the Seahawks and the Broncos have done for large parts of the season. They also didn't, you know, have to hire a guy in the booth to tell Jeff Saturday when to take timeouts, when the play clock was running down, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know whether um I think we, we're probably at the, the point where the Broncos, you know, this will be after 10 games. So whether they want to move on from Hackett after after this, I don't know. I I still think, yeah. Uh, yeah, I just want to bring this very quickly on that. And let, let's be very clear here. The Thursday we were at the practice in London, but before he was out if he lost that game. Make no doubt about it. 
the whole uh, ownership was over. He was on the line. And I am still stunned now we're sitting here days after the Titans game when they've lost and they haven't sacked him. That man was out. He was 100% out if he lost London. I, I don't know. I The ownership have been in, involved. They've been around the, the whole time. But, um, you know, he... That you look at the coaching staff and there isn't an obvious answer there. Um, we I did bring this up back way back when we did the season preview, the fact that when you looked at the rest of the AFC and the reason the Chiefs had such an advantage was Andy Reid, A, because he's a really good coach, but B, he's been in situ such a long time. He's got a, a good and experienced coaching staff there with him. Um, they do really interesting things, like they move... Um, Brendan Daly from being the D-line coach to the linebackers coach um, because they they wanted it, he wanted to shake it up. Whereas um, Brandon Staley with the Chargers, one year, this is only his second year. Hackett had never, ever coached before as a head coach. Um, and Josh McDaniel as well. Us in Denver remember how that went. So realistically, they, there could be changes at all at the other three franchises this year but as I said I think the Raiders are really in the hole because they right now um, and these are the reports that are coming out they can't afford to move on from Josh McDaniels but it's certainly this weekend it is um, two coaches under enormous scrutiny going up against one another um, with McDaniels going up against Hackett Stuart would you like to respond to that before we look ahead to this Raiders game yeah, two two quick points, Michael. Um, a very good mate of mine is called Rex Ryan, who has a presence on Twitter. Um, but he is not the Rex Ryan who used to coach the Jets and uh, the Buffalo Bills most recently. But my good pal Rex copped an inordinate amount of flack um, for uh, what he said, <laughs> what, what what the what the uh, the uh, the coach Rex Ryan said on television about how ridiculous and awful a decision it was to appoint Jeff Saturday. So my poor, my mate was like, oh, what are these, who are these people screaming abuse at me on Twitter? Uh, the second thing is, I don't think that, unless the atmosphere becomes toxic, um, and unless, unless, you know, players begin to revolt, ownership tends to be wary of firing first-time coaches during the season. Um, so I think, you know, I would be very surprised if if Hackett was let go after the weekend. I, I think they probably will let him uh, continue to the end of the season. And I think then the discussion has to start depending on where we end up. Um, but I think Colin's point is a valid one. Everett was doing a fantastic job. Um, and if you're really concerned about losing him, then I think you make sure that he's the first person in the door for an interview um, in the off-season if you decide to move on from Hackett. But, I mean, if things continue the way they are, they, they have no choice. Hackett has to go. Um, but, look, even, you know, even Vic, even Vance Joseph, both of whom were, you know, also quite clearly dreadful head coaches um, by the midpoint of the first season, they they were allowed to continue for a second. It, it tends not to happen. Now, I know this is new ownership, and I know they... Um, you know, they haven't sort of shown their teeth yet. So perhaps they might book the trend. But I, I think, you know, as I said, unless the the the, the, um, the facilities, the, 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 the team just becomes a, a, 
a, you know, a, a dreadful, horrible, nasty place to be around with players are in open mutiny against the head coach to tend to leave it until the end of the year. So I, I would be very surprised. Now a, a, a blowout at home to the Raiders, I think, if memory serves me correctly, has claimed a few scalps over the years um, when in regards to Broncos head coaches so perhaps that might be some precedent there but I, I would expect Hackett to stay till the end of the season and then I think as I said then it's another conversation as to whether he, he stays um, and I don't think at the moment he absolutely doesn't deserve to so we'll see how that plays out Okay let's make our picks for this game on Sunday Broncos against the Raiders Column is going to the game not in media column you lovely little boy you're going to be sitting having a few slugs uh, and a few pizzas See what happens. Uh, Colin, I'll, I'll just start off here. I'm going to be very quick. Blowout. Raiders blowout. Uh, Hackett got on my Monday morning. Sorry, mate. 28-3. to three. Um, And that's coming from a team that lost to Jeff Saturday last weekend. I think from watching Derek Carr's interview, they'll get behind him and they'll blow the Broncos out the water. And I don't want to say that. But there's only one direction that team's going. And that's into the absolute trash dumpster if they don't do something. So I'm going for blowout for the Raiders. Um, the thing I'm probably most excited about is uh, tailgating and catching up with a lot of the people who we met. Sons of Mile High. Sons of Mile High. Um, absolutely phenomenal guys. Um, but yes, and uh, for anyone listening, uh, I will be in the round on Sunday. Uh, reach out. You can find me on Twitter at Column from Cork. And uh, that that's what I'm really looking forward to. I, I think the Raiders are too decimated to do damage. I mean, this is uh, a Raiders team shorn of Hunter Renfro, shorn of, of Waller, who got the big contract, and um, I'm not sure how many snaps um, he has taken. I I think this is going to be an incredibly low-scoring affair. Um, this could honestly be one of those kind of 12-9 games, and, and I, either side and 12 of 9 might be generous this could be a game that you know is 1-9-6 even um, potentially um, because neither of, of these um, sides are scoring points the Texans the Texans have scored more points than the Denver Broncos this season and the Texans have you know what, Brandon Cooks is basically on strike. Davis Mills is Davis Mills. Uh, it's just terrible. I, I'm going to say, and because uh, I think the, the the expectation, I think there should be pressure on Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson to perform. Uh, it is at home, and the the expectation should be there. There's 250 million invested in Russ. Um, Hackett was brought in because of the job that he did in Green Bay. I'm going to say the Broncos can win, should win, and the expectation should be that they win. You got to hit up column, C-O-L-U-M, from C-O-R-K, in case you're listening in America. Column. Um, and I hope Steve Atwer gives you a shout, column. Give him a wee shout this weekend and, and get a wee photo, I think. Say, say hello to big Steve. And Alexis as well. I have to, I have to say her. Have you told them all you're going over? Yeah. You should do it. I, yeah. uh, I, I like. Well, it's it's out there in the the universe now. The the announcement on the uh, Dublin to Denver oh. podcast. I'll have to tweet it out. Make sure Colin gets in this Broncos pregame live on Sunday. That's the plan. Uh, yeah, do say hello to the Sons of Mal High guys first. Appreciate those guys. Really, really good guys. Met them in London a few weeks ago. Met Stuart Roach in London as well. Stuart, give us some optimism here. Something, mate. Who have you got? I'm struggling, Michael, and it pains me 
uh, you know, this is this is Liverpool, Man United. You know, this is this is Ireland, England in rugby. Like this is this is serious. Um, this rivalry. Um, the very first game I watched the Broncos playing in, they beat the the Raiders um, a long time ago. I, I just look at the Raiders, and yes, they're two and seven. But in fairness, apart from I think was it the the Saints they lost to heavily recently. Like the Raiders are losing games. 25 20 27 20 30 29 against the chiefs um if the raiders score 20 points against us they win like that's what happens we don't score enough points and we talk ourselves well i'm sorry i don't include you but i talk myself into thinking that this week it's going to be different and it never is um i'm you know i i think it is obviously a huge help that waller isn't playing because he's you know, one of a long line of tight ends who've killed the Broncos over the years. And Renfro as well always seems to do well against us. That will help. But Carr plays well against the Broncos for the simple reason he gets the ball out quickly. So when we've had decent pass rush in the past, we've not been able to get to Carr. And that was even with Von Miller as well. Um, the Raiders tend to lose in mile high. Um, we tend to lose in whatever hellhole they're playing in, depending on whatever year it is. Um, but I can see us losing this game by field goal, Michael. I think we'll lose this game 17-14. I love I'm the one saying it's going to be a blowout. I, I think we're, I do think we're going to lose Hablin's whole lot. I don't believe in this offense, this team. It, it is quite up. something when I'm the optimist on, on this podcast because <laughs> I've, I've been the one like – the, when we first did the season preview and even last week was probably the lowest win total and I think it's possible but as I said wouldn't be surprised this could be 9-6 you know the, 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 certainly it wouldn't surprise me I think you're talking yourself into, into, into thinking that the Broncos go in this column because you have to go all the way over and watch it I think if you were staying at home this weekend you'd be yeah yeah the Broncos have a hope so, which is perfectly understandable. <laughs> I would do exactly the same thing myself if I was getting on the plane. Oh, here it's look. There, there's never a dull moment, lads. We'll be back next week to talk about the uh, the f- four and six or the three or the three and seven Denver Broncos. Uh, that is the correct record if they win or lose. So, and um, we'll have to discuss off off camera when we're recording this, even though we agree to record it uh, for the rest of the season because the World Cup starts next week, lads. So just I only I only remember that while I was half speaking there, but I'm sure we'll be fine. We'll definitely have an episode out. Uh, not that Ireland have anything to worry about in the World Cup. We'll have to wait for Casement in 2028 instead. Maybe get a wee game there in the future as well. Anywho, lads, uh, thank you very much for the company as always. Uh, let's ride, yeah. No, how many times do you have to tell you that you're not supposed to say that at the end? It's not working. We said you could say that again if we won two games in a row. <laughs> God. Go Broncos. Go Broncos. <laughs> <laughs> <Go> Broncos. <laughs>